3: Jason Aldean. Try that in a small town controversy.
4: And how the writer strike is affecting the music industry. You're listening to The Biz Tape.
3: Welcome to Biz Tape, your all things music, business and media podcast. I'm your host Colin McKay with my co host Joseph Wazileski, Coast to Coast, here for another episode yeah, of Until I'm Gone Again. <laughs> until Joe's gone again. John I mean John, John. John, our other third podcast host you've never heard of before. My, Joe my has been so John. He's just never here. He's just never available. <laughs> he's just always off somewhere doing something. Do John's actually my researched? alter ego. He's oh, like God. he steps in for me. Uh, yeah, Joe's in like I, a I'm, split kind of movie scenario. Where have you like, seen John Interstellar?
4: There? That's where I'm at. <laughs> I'm in the little... You're in the walls? room. Yeah. Yeah, I'm behind God. the bookshelf. Call him DC. Yeah.
3: Everybody's freaking Murph. busy. Murph. 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 Oh, God. <laughs> what a movie. I got um, really dark for a second there. No, nah, it's Which right. I actually... I
4: rewatched it. that movie, and I will say people shout on that movie... It's an amazing movie. The, it the holds up so good. The ending I, is a little weird. I think I'll the funniest
3: part is I think I've said on this show before, which is hilarious for me to say this after I say it. Um, that movie came out at the same time as the worst movie. That's like you know when two movies come out around the same time and they're around like the same theme and also kind of same set piece. Well, yes. that was Interstellar and Gravity. Remember Gravity that movie
4: was horrible.
3: That movie it was, was like so bad and everybody was like trying to defend it just from cinematography. And I was like, that's great. But like, remember when a they whole movie marketed the
4: here? movie, like George Clooney was in the whole movie and then he died. Oh my in the first God. Ten
3: Spoilers for a movie that came out 10 years ago. <laughs> oh man. Oh
4: it, Joe. God. I will say like the, the cool thing about that movie is like the BTS of like how they film the ship and everything. It's like, it's really, really cool. But the actual movie itself is hot garbage because it's very boring. Um you're just following who who You're is Sandra other, Bullocking it up. Yes, you're following movie. Sandra Bullock, which like we love Sandra Bullock, but like it's literally just her crying.
3: She for adopted three hours a young long. alien in the movie to take care of, and he plays football. No, <laughs> wrong movie, sorry. Um anyway, let's just start this freaking show for God's sakes. Uh <laughs> I don't even know what Joe has, by the way. We're just gonna go right into it. Yeah, Um, we're just
4: we're kind of we're kind of doing a little uh, a little surprise episode for each other. Yeah, right. We're just gonna have any briefing.
3: We don't we don't know what's going on. on. Can I start with mine, Joe? What is yours actually? Uh, Ah, mine.
4: mine's about the writer strike a little bit but also okay. it goes into the music industry so
3: well if you i was don't know tell you that like else? mine i would well, the only reason i'm asking is i was like knowing our brains we would pick the same story so True. I was like, literally in my brain, I was like, well, please, for the love of I God, don't your pick the story. I saw your Instagram
4: post. Okay. So yes. I we knew. do have
3: our Instagram story at the biz tape pretty much everywhere. If you want to follow that about, uh, you know, a hint of what we're talking about, which we didn't get to talk about last week since we were off. But Joe, let's start with the writer's strike and then I'll get into the most uh, new controversial country song yet. <laughs>
4: Amazing. So as the Hollywood strike continues to rage on with SAG-AFTRA and WGA joining the picket lines, the music sync business has halted to a almost complete standstill. Mm. Um, So if you don't know, the sync business or or the sync arm of the uh, entertainment industry is a 1.5 billion dollar Arm with a B in the inter- with a B, big old B in the entertainment industry and it was actually like set to rise over the next couple of years. Um, and it is now uh, completely halted pretty much because of the writer strike because as we know, pretty much every single production except those productions that are union approved have completely halted. Um, but for those of you who don't know, uh, the sync industry is responsible for the placements of your favorite songs in your favorite shows and movies. Many people are responsible for these creative choices, most notably music supervisors who shift through hundreds and thousands of submissions in order to find the perfect song for the perfect scene. However, most supervisors, which I feel like most people in the music industry don't even know this, um, most supervisors are freelance contractors, and they're hired on per project and are not unionized, even though many working under Netflix, for example, have filed to join IATSE, which is still very much pending. Um, it's Ooh, kind of that's interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah the that's sync arm really is very, yeah, it's very like old. It, it's like one of the more older sections of the industry to some extent. I feel like, I feel like sync really took off with TV and then it like kind of fell into film after that. Um, after like a lot of these shows and like TV shows yeah. were starting to get more and, and more. And I would say balls. it's
3: one of the oldest kind of recorded base pieces of music because you got to think all the way back to like the silver age, like mm-hmm. they would produce a piano score that would go up with the movie and this guy, you know, no uh, talkies before talkies were a thing, uh, you kids anyway, before kids <laughs> were talking in movies, um, you know, like they'd have a piano player on the side of a movie theater and like that's they what would they would do? That was the score. That was what was synced to the movie. If that makes mm-hmm.
0: sense.
4: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty baffling. And I think a lot of that has to do with kind of the structure of the industry, right? With like a lot of these, um, supervisors being contracted labor they haven't really had a chance to unionize together because when you're when you're kind of in a contract job it's which like for instance me i'm in a lot of content contractual work um and i would say that the reason we don't have a union is because like a lot of the times we don't talk to each other (laughs) <laughs> In oh, a lot of regards. Not. Like I don't really talk to a ton of other photographers or videographers. There's only like a handful of people that I actually know. And the rest of the people I actually interact with are like clients and like client teams and stuff like that. So it's it's very like it's a very lonely leg of the yeah. job, right? You you only have a couple of points of contact. And so over the years, I feel like it's a lot of these. I guess studios have kind of taken upon themselves to kind of like cut that a little bit out of it. But I think as more and more money rolls in, it's getting less and less like it, it doesn't make much sense that these people don't have a union essentially. Um, especially with how much money they're making, especially how
3: dominant, like, you know, where we, where I live in Nashville, you know, there's nothing like that, but there's also no unions anywhere, right? It is kind of weird if you think about it in the grand scheme that literally all of Hollywood is unionized except for the music supervisors, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're would, the ones that are out.
4: I would actually say, like, you would think all of Hollywood's unionized, but there's still, like, a lot of productions, including myself. Like, I I am not union. I would love to be union. Boo! Uh, no. so bo- <laughs> Please don't boo me. Um, but... The, the main thing is like I work primarily in the music industry. And so it's like it's the music industry is very, even though like this is kind of the arm that connects the two, right? The sync industry to like the music industry to the on-screen industry. Um, right. It's very separate for the most part um, when it comes to everything else. And so a lot of things are like, you know, a lot of small businesses and a lot of small content collect. Uh, Collection firms and like that kind of stuff are like very much permeating throughout LA. Um, But if you're working on like classic film sets and stuff, like all of those are unionized Um, because a lot of the times they won't even let you on set unless you are a union member. So. Um, But what does this mean for the industry? Well, according to some experts, it means pivoting until the industry heals, such as pitching to the gaming industry, which has earned a whopping $138 billion in 2020 and is still the highest grossing arm in the entertainment space. I remember there was
3: about three years when I was about 13 where Fortunate Son was in like 15 war games. Yes. And I was like, every Call of people. Duty game ever. Yeah. <laughs> Some folks are born made to raise Mason, you know, like that was all it was like literally. And I just, I, you know, it is funny because we overlook it so much sometimes with video games, especially with music.
4: Yeah. I mean, for sure. I, I actually, what's surprising is like a lot of the payouts for games are higher than movie television because oh, they yeah. have, more money and and the thing about that is like in in some respects it, like i guess games are are a bit different because you can actually trade out the songs so it's like for instance fortnite right huge huge competition in the sync space for that particular game one of the reasons is because it had fortnite radio Fortnite radio where your little five-year-old cousin and your also friend who's like 20, 28 years old is like also <laughs> listening to. But uh, oh, remember
3: like, when we talked about it when he was on there? And uh, remember when we talked about when Travis Scott, nothing could happen to his career at all when yeah. he was on top of the world with Fortnite. Yeah, God. exactly. But – yeah, I mean
4: besides the concerts, like the the actual radio station, like you can change and like it's the same for GTA and stuff too. They can actually switch those songs out through an update. And so like in some respect you you might have the opportunity to get some of your other songs synced sure. in those games. Continual like, pitching. Yeah, exactly. And uh, in a lot of in a lot of ways, the sync world is very much a one-time payment. So it's like if my song's only on there for like three months as opposed to the whole time the thing exists might actually be a better deal. If I'm getting paid more money for it, it's you definitely
3: know? one of the few markets of music that is like upfront payment, like just straight upfront payment for stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, like if you, if, if I was like an artist and I need to start making like money, which is like every freaking TikTok producer that's like, "Hey guys, have you ever heard of sync licensing?" You know. <laughs> um, but no, like seriously though, the reason why that always is there is because it's just upfront money. Now pay the taxes on that money most of the time, but still, um, it's it's amazing because like you know, like compared to the rest of the industry, it's you're getting some percentage that's coming through that's getting broken down and then. You know, you go to a movie studio or a video game company and they're like, here's four grand, goodbye. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, that's uh, really rare now. It's like the closest thing I can think of being like a patron, you know, when you were classical musicians and Mozart being like, the king is paying for me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is it is definitely a market that is uh, ever growing and I think maybe would fill a hole for now for Hollywood. But like Hollywood is such a big deal. And I was also going to put in there, like you were saying, the same way that, you can continually patch a game and put new music in there and add new music. So you kind of have a pipeline to keep pitching, you know. Um, the, the reason you can't do it with movies in particular is because legally they are bound to the picture for the rest yeah. of that life. It, that has to do with the copyright is, of the film.
4: It is printed in it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it and is. so it can never be removed, which is unlike TV shows. I don't know if mm-hmm. you remember that, Joe, but like when Netflix started re-releasing TV shows, because for, again, for the young folk out there who don't know about when the talkies came out, no, uh, for the young folk out there, uh, I remember when Netflix first started doing like TV shows, and people used to complain all the time, and they used to complain all the time about the sync music, because it would be different. I remember the big one was Scrubs. Scrubs mm-hmm. had completely different music in it. Than it did when it aired, and that was insane at the time because people were not used to that. So, for movies, like it, it's a locked-in deal. But for games and TV now with streaming, you can actually make you know continually pitching this music over and over or new music you find and be like, hey, Scrubs, you don't want to pay five million dollars for this Rolling Stones song? How about a Struts song, you know, or something like that. Um, But yeah, Joe, what do you think of this hole though? Like that they're going to deal with for right now. You know, we we don't. Everybody's focusing on the writers and the actors just so, but a lot of these writers and actors have brought up the surrounding industry around these, you know, giant businesses at at the Mm -hmm. end of the day. And these business from music supervisors to catering to all that stuff. What what do we think about? these music supervisors out there right now that are 1099 you know what I mean they're yeah. not union or anything
4: well unfortunately it means that like covid a lot of people are going to have to move on from their supervisor positions uh depending on how long this strike takes place and if we've you know historically this I mean what the last writer strike didn't take a whole year at least um for there to be a deal and we're not even close to that Um, with this strike and it seems like both sides are in it for the long haul. Um, so because of that, a lot of these, um, people, these supervisors have also had to recently fire staff in order to keep the lights on a bit. Um, and a lot of these staff members are coordinator positions that are more like a partnership. It's like you're with your supervisor and your supervisor, it's like a two person gig pretty much. And so you can imagine a lot of this is very personal and like heartbreaking for a lot of these people to let go some of their staff. Um, Right. But unfortunately it's something that they have to do. And those that are still lucky enough to secure some sinks um, are only securing sinks in the post-production process currently. Um, which will most likely end soon um, and are already having issues because a lot of the times in the post-production process, you still need your writers in order to come and give notes uh, for it to like make sense in the edit. Um, and then also, uh, they're getting some syncs through union-approved productions, which is very, very rare um A twenty four, for example, got approved um on one of their productions to continue making the movie. Um and surprisingly by the union themselves, right?
3: Is that is yeah, that by the saying? union like the, themselves. They were like, will um, you play by these rules? And then A twenty four yes.
4: Yeah, they said, of course. <laughs> and A twenty four being a indie filmmaking company, which I think a lot of people forget, they're still very they're they're still independent, they just distribute through majors. Right. Um, pretty much. Uh but they're, they're able to meet the demands. So why aren't these other companies able to meet the demands? Hmm, who knows? Um, but yeah, eventually the strike may get to a spot of complete and total entertainment emptiness, which is somewhat the goal for writers and actors. But hopefully a deal will be had before it gets to that point. Um, one of the main reasons it's a goal for them is because... When there is no new content coming out and just a bunch of garbage content, that means subscriber numbers are going to drop like yeah. crazy. Um, you're gonna
3: all of us going to see a lot more reality TV
4: of, coming on. <laughs> well, you're, you're going to start getting a lot more reality TV, but I have a hypothesis on that. I feel like, I feel like it's not going to be as big of a boom as it was before because reality TV, when it boomed before, was very new. It was. It was like this is the brand new thing. So yeah,
3: yeah, like, this yeah. The has last never been time done before. the commercial actors went like on strike was two thousand, which the year two thousand was like, you know, right when reality TV first was becoming a thing. You know what I yeah. mean? So yeah, I agree with you on that one, like completely. And yeah, uh, I just I don't think s-
4: the hype is going to be as strong for it.
3: Well, I, I think one thing that I will say, kind of a parable to the live side that I work in, is. Um, experience loss. And I think it will be very palatable and very real for a lot of Hollywood and production for a while. And what I mean by this is that and there's a lot of people I've talked to with with industries that have been primarily affected by COVID, but I think this still also applies because this is fundamentally a stop to work, right? In the same way that COVID was for the live side, right? So In that same way, one of the biggest things we talk about is just experience loss, like all the time between a lot of these big tech companies that are trying to, you know, do professional audio, do professional lighting, do, uh, you know, staging, all this kind of stuff. And the reason why is because the entertainment industry specifically at the time of COVID had so many people that had to leave because they couldn't have any work anymore and they needed to find a new job and then they decided to stay in their jobs right, that mm-hmm. they had got during the pandemic. Or, you know, worse, they passed away during the pandemic. Or worse, you know, they were put in such dire fi- financial straits, they can't work anymore. You know what I mean? Either health-wise or in just like, you know, mental state, all that kind of stuff. Not to bring a big, you know, sad moment to the show, but it's true. And so I think personally with all these strikes is that we will see for a minute you know, it, the strike has been going on for a historically long amount of time. I mean, the, like, longest sex strike was six months in 2000, right? And um, this one has a lot of steam to it. It's got a lot more unions as a part of it, right? And so I wonder, especially not even just from an actor front – or, a, you know, like, say, like, a master carpenter, or, you know, like, these music supervisors. I wonder these other industries that will be affected by it and these specialists that will have to take their skills and move somewhere else because they need to live, right? Mm-hmm. And I wonder which ones we will lose in the same way that I've experienced it personally in in my work where we just lose this experience, Right. The ability, and like, you know, I, I I don't, acting, you know, is one thing. I'm sure there are actors that are like, I might go into retirement. You know what I mean? That are on the older end, right? And everything. But I, I'm talking about like skills that are very apparent and delay production by a long time. For instance, like my master carpenter example. Like building a film set is not like building a house, right? Mm-hmm. It is very fast. It is you know, very detail oriented, all this kind of stuff. That takes a specific skill set that you cannot just get someone that knows how to build an A-frame of a house and they can build a set, right? And so I wonder for people like that, that have skills that can transfer to other industries, what these strikes will leave, you know what I mean? And the same thing with these music supervisors, right? They have less protections because they're not part of these unions. So there's less of a reason to stay because they feel like even if they bite the bullet and feel the burden, they might not get the benefits that these unions get. So maybe we will see a lot of them that are literally, like you said, one-person, two-person teams migrate away and go, well, I'm going to go back into traditional music right now because traditional music isn't on strike, for yeah. instance. And that so, is that is a yeah. lot
4: of publishers' goals right now because um, a lot of publishers have a sync arm and... Before the strike, I mean, the biggest I, I would actually say it was increasing a lot more um towards I guess the culmination of the strike, but um a lot of focus and resources were going into sync arm stuff. Mm-hmm. And and even people signing to uh publishers, like the biggest thing artists wanted was a sync deal, right? That's like that's oh, yeah. that's the crown achievement that was um, out the, of a Without
3: arm. You know, literally killing and hurting your body every day, touring every day of your life. This was the closest that you could come to, you know, straightforward, big check revenue that has value and will pay out over time as well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so... And, and like Joe is saying, these are one to two man teams. These are small networking, you know, very personal deals. So if you get in that world, that's your golden ticket to get more, right? So it's it's, you know, sync has always been one of the last bastions for an artist really right now to gain revenue since streaming historically has done especially, nothing especially
4: Re- especially during covid too i mean it was oh like
3: yeah huge. that was the backbone right we had no live sync you know streaming to joke and uh yeah i mean that that was the thing like my joke about producers on tiktok being like have you guys ever heard of sync licensing i joke at them but they're they're right you know what i mean <laughs> um it's just more of like you know when i come across six tiktoks all saying that it gets a little annoying yeah, Um
4: that is one thing about Tik. You ever open TikTok and you just get hit in the face with a bunch of unsolicited opinions? <laughs> oh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. On like niche things that you're just like, I didn't ask for this.
3: But. You're like, they're always like, it, like, I get stuff where it'll be like, this is the best sponge for your tile shower. And you're like, all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't
4: really need this, but...
3: I guess, I guess I'm watching guess it yeah. and then I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow, that was really amazing. And then you look in the top comment and it was like, this sponge is a lie. And I'm like, oh, well, they <laughs> fooled me. Um, yeah. But like, and then people think about that with like coronavirus anyway, no, uh, but anyway, like it's, it's a situation that I think people obviously are thinking more of my shows. Where are my shows right now? But I, I, I think more, because of my mindset from the pandemic of those people that will be forced to exit the industry. Right. Mm-hmm. Even, and you know, i some people are like big Hollywood, they voted for this or whatever. And I'm like, that's one thing there are, you know, a bunch of union people that voted for it. I c- completely support them. You know, I think this is how they have power, strength and numbers, but there's also a number of industries that are not union that are being affected by this at the same time. Right. And, For instance, like one of the things that I actually read about, which was really interesting that I didn't think about, and maybe Joe, you saw this too, was LA was talking about the food industry and the amount of like takeout has decreased like exponentially because of Mm -hmm. the lack of these actors and these, you know, PAs that would come down and get a giant order.
4: Yeah, crafty is a huge thing out here.
3: Not even just yeah. like catering, like literally just restaurants around where somebody would go like in between a you know their shoot. day of yeah, shoots, and you'd grab some yeah, and go for coffee, the crew and yeah. Like, yeah. And so this is gonna be this whole thing we we not really talked about it on the show because it, it's just it's so gargantuan that sometimes it was hard for me and Joe to come up with thoughts with everything. But like, yeah, like it, you're really starting to see the effects of it now. You know what I mean? It was an idea. Yeah. The First couple weeks ago, well, and now we're and seeing now,
4: it. now even the shipping industry is kind of teasing with the idea of striking currently, which is something else to
3: right. Keep and in mind well, thankfully, of that, if, I saw if that UPS, next made a, UPS made a deal with uh, with the you know, they with what were they called, the Teamsters? I believe that's the union. Called.
4: Um, yes, like yes, yeah, the Teamsters,
3: uh, yeah, but I that think. that literally was going to be apocalyptic, but still, this is apocalyptic. In terms of the next current, you know, every day this goes by adds six months, and that's where the downfall starts, right? So we're Mm -hmm. just going to keep seeing it from when this started plus six months. So, I mean, literally, like, I I think I mentioned it. No, I don't even think I mentioned it on the show. HBO, the head of HBO, was like, We're good till the end of the year, and then we're, we got nothing. Like,
4: (laughs) yeah. So, man, it is crazy. Like, we had. One of the biggest years, I think, in our lifetime of of TV, like this past year, and then just now seeing it like it's going to be some of the worst TV we've ever seen in the next year or two. And it's, it's Joe just and I shot, baby. Here we go, dude. Stranger, what are we gonna do with Stranger Things? It's never gonna finish. It, like, they're never gonna finish. It's that gonna be like show, and they're gonna, gonna be, be like
3: in their forties. They're gonna all be hairy. It's they're gonna, gonna be write weird. in a time skip. They're gonna write in a time skip for they, them. They're I gonna think be they like are. they're gonna we, And then the what's the 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 brothers who write that show? I can't remember what their name is. Um, they're going to be like, we intended the time skip the entire time. We intended this to be the way. And you're like, sure, sure. Mike was supposed to be 27 when this came out, you know.
0: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
2: You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu.
4: CNN Underscored's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point, and there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep.
0: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
2: You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of
3: to more things that are ridiculous um let's talk about jason aldean um yeah very ridiculous i'd say uh, yeah this this is the man of ridiculousness along with having the worst bar on earth on broadway jason aldean has been thrust (laughs) into the public eye uh you you can tell i have beef not i have beef with jason aldean but i also have beef with that bar well okay Uh, our
4: opinion it
3: sucks (laughs) I'm sure the people who work there are great, but I hated it. Um, anyway, uh, Jason Aldean has been thrust into the public eye for an, another controversial song. Um, he, he's just kind of the king of being like, bro, I'm mad about something, you know, and writing a song about it. And um, anyway, first off, he wrote a he, this controversial song that's in the public eye has exploded. I'm just going to give you that right up front. He did not write the song, which I want to throw out in the beginning of this. He actually just performs the song, which is very normal with country music, but the way he talks about it makes it feel like you're, he wrote the song he did not. Um, so this song is called quote, try that in a small town, which you can maybe see where I'm going with this. If you've not heard of this story yet, um, (laughs) Try that in a small town is, you know, a song about togetherness. No, uh, is a very controversial song and was kind of brewing a fire and it came out in May. Um, and basically it was, you know, it was a regular Jason Aldean country kind of hit, you know, nothing crazy. And then this music video came out this month in July, and that just dumped gasoline over this entire situation. I cannot escape this story. But I was waiting for more kind of, you know, arguments and discourse to come out before I started talking about it on the show. So, yeah, I I encourage you to listen to the song. If you want to pause the show and come back, this will give you kind of the vibe I did for the show multiple times so you can suffer with me too. Um, (laughs) But, uh, no, uh, you can tell I'm such a Jason Othien fan. But, like, uh, no, for real, go listen to the song, come back. We'll wait for you. Anyway... The For the uninitiated that aren't going to do that, um, shame, joke. Uh, but, like, basically this song has so much controversy because it has a lot of threatening kind of lyrics. And basically the theme of the song is kind of consequences for committing crime in a small town. Um, which, I mean, I, I guess that's country, you know, what it is. Jason sings... Some of the crimes in the song, he says, quote, "'Cuts out a cop, spit in his face, stomp on a flag, light it up, yeah, you think you're tough.'" hard right now which, um,
4: which I, w- I would like to point out stomping on a flag or lighting it on fire
3: is, is constitutionally right. <laughs> protected it <laughs> yes, is a constitutionally protected freedom I'm not yeah. even joking so um, the lighting of the flag. your cops should endorse burning flags <laughs> right it's a free speech thing so I just wanted to point that out but he you know lays out other crimes like robbing a liquor store all that kind of stuff I'll give him fair on that one he then retorts, which this is the chorus of the song. He goes, quote, well, try that in a small town. See how far you make it down the road. Around here, we take care of our own. You cross the line. It won't take long for you to find out. I recommend you don't. Try that in a small town. Ooh. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Um, Ooh, tough guy Jason (laughs) he's talking about littering no he's not anyway uh, Jason then goes on to say quote got a gun that my granddad gave me they say one day they're gonna round up well that shit might fly in the city good luck Okay. And then lastly, I got to mention this last thing which got a lot of heat lyric-wise. He goes, quote, "Full of good old boys, raised up right if you're looking for a fight." And then he repeats the chorus kind of over again. That was most of the song, by the way. It's not a long song what I just read off. Um and we know historically good the term good old boys has, you know, is really shined upon in American society. No, it's not. God damn it. It's sorry, this is so annoying cuz everybody All these people are like, he doesn't mean, he means exactly that. That's what he means. (laughs) I'm sorry. Again, uh, this is seen as controversial and clearly nothing good is going to happen with Jason and the good old boys when they come down with granddaddy's gun in the mob justice manner. They're kind of alluding to, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Again, this was already kind of controversial in May and just by the song by itself and then he released the music video which joe i know you would have a riot with the music video just I wa- because I not w- i watched it okay we watched it good okay so d- not alone just the weird editing of that video but like um the video features a lot of protester footage and like kind of like robbery kind of you know like people breaking down windows that kind of stuff and it's in a it like and then it cuts to Jason Aldean in front of this Columbia Tennessee courthouse
4: right it's like the reverse of the Pepsi commercial
3: <laughs> where he gives them where, a coke and they go insane he, you know like <laughs> no uh but like yeah like it it it's basically is the reverse of the Pepsi, Pepsi commercial but like with with Kendall um but yeah like he it's a courthouse they cut to him you know the guys rocking out and they're like, you know, outfits. And, uh, basically a lot of it has a lot of shots of protests. Like I was saying with like scene transitions, literally there's a scene like where it it shows like cops in like the full SWAT uniform and they're hitting people with batons as the chorus drops. Cause I guess we're rooting for that. I don't know what the hell these people want, you know? Um, and so a lot of people, nothing's, nothing's more rock and roll con than supporting cops. (laughs) Right. God, dude. And so, um, (laughs) anyway, a lot of people have come after Aldine, obviously, for the racial undertones that permeate this song, as well as mob justice that permeates this song. Um, One, you know, fact that has come up to light as well is that a lot of people have made a lynching comparison to a lot of this, saying, like, that mob justice mentality, the good old boys, all that kind of stuff, and the courthouse that they filmed this music video in front of is where an 18-year-old man named Henry uh, Chote was lynched in 1927. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. The And, like, it, it's just... It's, it, it, it's beyond words, you know what I mean? Like, with the context of the song and then also that, I'm sure people will say maybe they didn't know, maybe they didn't. Maybe we should have looked this up. Anyway, um... Or, and maybe they did, know, You know what I mean? We we, we don't have an answer on that. I'll give them that. Um, the mayor of Columbia has actually commented on the situation because people are eviscerating each other on X, I guess, now, and not Twitter. Um, so they've commented on the video <laughs> saying, I, I, quote, really, I really didn't
4: think X was going to get into this conversation We're making <laughs> it, baby. Um, and somehow
3: not the dumbest thing in the show. Uh, Remember quote, when he named his baby X, too? Or yeah, something? and it's or... Kyle. Um Anyway, uh <laughs> any, anyway, the Colombian mayor said, uh, "Quote: I respect the artist's freedom of his own lyrics and fans who support him, but <laughs> I'm hopeful that the next music video that uses our historic downtown as a backdrop will seek a more positive message." <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like, "Yeah, that was pretty on point, mayor. Like, if I was the mayor, that's a that's a pretty good." You know, middle of the road statement to give right there. Um, Jason has caused a cultural debate with, you know, everybody fighting on X now with Elon Musk's son Kyle. But like, uh, you know, we have very big people coming out. Travis Tritt came out in support of him. And then Cheryl Crow, I like also says, quote, there's nothing small town or American about promoting violence. You should know that better than anyone having survived a mass shooting. This is yep. not American. Or a small town like It's Just Lame, which is alluding to the Las Vegas shooting at the festival that Jason was playing on stage when that tragedy happened.
4: Um, Which is why Sheryl Crow is forever the biggest badass.
3: She also comes from a small town in, I believe, Missouri, which is 10 times smaller than Macon, Georgia, which is where Jason's (laughs) from, which is kind of also hitting it on the nail. Uh, I do have to be fair. Let's give Jason's response. Jason responded in a tweet or an X, I don't know, saying quote, "In the past 24 hours, I've been accused of releasing a pro-lynching song, a song that has been out since May and was subject to the comparison that I, direct quote, was not too pleased with the nationwide BLM protests. These references are not only meritless but dangerous. There is not a single lyric in the song that references race or points to it, and there isn't a single video clip that isn't real news footage. And while I can try and respect others to have their own interpretation of a song with music, this one goes far. And if there's okay, I the one I have to point out, other than the whole ridiculousness of this statement, is this isn't real news footage. I mean, this is this isn't. God, I can't believe this. This isn't real news footage. Um, Like, okay, (laughs) it doesn't make it not terrible with the context of the song. Wait, no, didn't
4: he say it was real?
3: Sorry, I I, I only read part of it. There isn't a single video clip that isn't real news footage. So it is real news footage. It doesn't mean that I can play like insensitive clips just around. You know what I mean? Like, I can't just be like, "It's real though."
4: You can also edit a lot. <laughs> like,
3: oh yeah, context you can make is anything
4: key. look crazy, right?
3: And so I just that was the one that like out of that whole thing, I was like, that's the most not defense ever. Anyway, Jason has financially reaped the huge benefits from the song, and now has probably as high as career high ever, basically because of this song. So let me let me talk about it. So other than the negative comments that you know are in the discourse the industry hasn't done much to kind of, you know, make comments or anything about what's going on with Jason and all this stuff. The only industry, uh, like organization that has really made any effort to disassociate has been CMT because they dropped the video of the song from their playlisting, which Mm -hmm. good move for y'all. And, um, Anyway, that has not stopped the success of the song at all. There has been no industry blowback, nothing close to any other country musician blowback that we have seen. So the video on YouTube, even with CMT cutting the video from the song, or the video of the song from their uh, different channels and different media, uh, the video on YouTube currently sits at 23 million views. And it has a load of positive comments all through it, which makes sense to me like you know if you're if you're coming to look for the song or whatever you're probably wanting to know you know I wanted to do it from a journalistic perspective but there's a lot of onlookers that come in and comments are generally a minority of the people that are watching the video there that's you know the idea on Twitter where it's get ratioed if you have a lot more comments anyway um or X my bad got to get used to that Jason is now currently by the way this is the one that blows me away number 1 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, not the country chart, the 100 chart. So, like, the chart that every artist wishes in their career to be on top of. He is number one right now. Um, and this has launched Aldeen back to the forefront of popular music. This is his first number one ever, ever. And this is the third longest gap between an artist's first chart on the 100 to their last. It's been 17 years since he's been on that chart. So when I say he's being brought to the forefront of popular music again, he is. Um, this song also joins only 20 other country songs as, the, as a country song to get on number one, the country chart, and number one on the Billboard Hot 100 This is one of the 20 or one of the 21 songs of country music that it's ever made it to the top, to the top, to the top, which is insane. This is also the first time ever that the top three slots of the billboard 100 have been country music because you have Jason Aldean, you have Morgan Wallen's last night, and then you have a cover of fast car by Luke Combs at number three. Wow. This is like, it, whatever you think about the situation, the chart information of this is insane, right? This is, like, mm. irregular. Like, you do not see this, right? Country music has big hits, but since, you know, Morgan Wallen's Rise and then Fall and then Rise again, it, it has not remained at this high of a level almost ever, right? Like literally only 20 other country songs have been on number one country chart and number one Billboard Hot 100 chart. So my question that I asked everybody was about controversy. And so I'm going to ask Joe the same question. I don't know what you voted on the poll, Joe, if you want to vote on our polls, they're at the biz tape pretty much everywhere, but mostly on Instagram. What am I talking about? It's a quote, is being canceled the secret to country music success?
4: I would say no. I would say no because, I mean, I I think it's maybe, here, asterisks. I'd say no if you don't identify as a man because if we saw the Dixie Chicks.
3: Wow, that's a really good answer. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I think that that is uh, currently what's going on um on on that end um but when it comes to like there's always going to be a counterculture movement on anything there's going to be a movement and then there's going to be another movement counteracting that movement um and uh, although these numbers seem high they're not they're they're not that high in the music industry. <laughs> like when it well, comes to like that's the rest saying. of the music industry, these
3: are like, these aren't numbers. <laughs> well, I would argue yes and no. Um, so for instance, for country music, it's huge from the reference point of being in country music, right? Because one of my favorite pet peeves ever living in Nashville is people go, we got a number one on the chart. We got a number three on the chart. And I go, you got a number one on the country chart. <laughs> you know what I mean? The last mm-hmm. time Jason, with one of his breakout hits, was on here, he was like number 40, right? Which is still big. It's not nothing. But, you know, the way if you live or around Nashville or know country music, people flaunt that it's the biggest thing ever. It's not. You know what I mean? It, it It's not most of the time. But I would say, in retrospect to historical stuff, and even going on data, actually Billboard hits on this, that country music has been up 20% year over year. Right? And uh, Mm -hmm. that's insane, like, for a genre to do that. Right? And so I think, and Morgan Wallen's last night, number one, is, you know, that album, Dangerous, is up there and continues to be up there and may breach the chart as one of the longest charting pieces of music, right? For its accolades and sales and everything. Mm -hmm. So in terms of like from country music, yes, this is like huge, big, but I get what you mean because this is just one genre, right? And country music as an irregular, regularity, like in that, Hot, Hot 100 is an irregularity. It doesn't happen that much. But what's weird and happening right now in the last year or two is that it's popping off exceedingly well. And um, it, it's interesting to see it come to the forefront so readily. I would love... I think there's a couple things that I would be interested in with this data when it comes to country music. Number one is the amount of country fans that are going to streaming now it is you know we we've joked on the show all the time about how radio's dying all this kind of stuff and country music is kind of one of the last bastions of terrestrial radio but that means that there's a lot of untapped market for them when it comes to streaming wise right The Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of people jumping that ship and streaming an incredible amount more country music than other artists. So it's getting a huge boost in comparison to everything, which is what a chart is. It's a comparison to everything else, right? The other thing I will say is the prevalence of country music to buy, right? Because Mm -hmm. one thing that's huge about Billboard charts and charts in general is that a stream does not equal a buy, Right? You have to do hundreds of streams to get one buy, right? Thousands. You know what I mean? So for country music fans and the amount of sales that I know are going on there, this shows that they're buying it, which is a lot more consumer power in that front, right? kind of what we were talking about earlier, this is upfront money, $10. One thing that's interesting that I think is kind of hilarious is other than being one of the last bastions of terrestrial radio, you know what another service country music is one of the last bastions of? And Joe's going to die of this. Cigarettes. ITunes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, vaping under. Two different. Uh, no. two di- I- but oh, iTunes. Okay. Mac DeMarco. do <laughs> Right. No, but like iTunes, seriously, like a lot. Do you, and here's the thing. Do you hear like other artists that are not country music ever talking about iTunes? For God's sakes, no.
4: Right. Back when the iTunes chart was popping off, baby.
3: Right. That but country music is really big in iTunes still in physically buying stuff, which will populate you more on the chart. Now, That's the thing with the chart, though, is the charts are designed to try to be accurate to consumer interest, right? But -hmm. at the same time, they're calculated, but you can also know the things that make charting work differently, right? Buying things will exponentially increase your ability on the chart, which is why Billboard banned merch bundles to be checked on the chart, right? You had to have a Mm -hmm. separate fee for a CD. It had to be, it couldn't be a shirt and a CD for 30 bucks. It had to be a shirt plus a CD. They're $15 each, showing the consumer that you have a choice of buying it, right? That's how people used to scam the chart all the time. But now I think because country music is embracing a lot of technology more and more and they still have that buyer's mentality, I think they're really hitting the chart. And it's because of the way the chart has biases towards that music. Do I think that it is underestimating country music? Absolutely not. Country music is huge. I do think there is kind of a giant, you know, exponential increase right now, right? I I cannot deny that. But do I think that the fan base of country music impacts the chart in a more positive way because of the way they consume music? Yes. You know, and um, that's what I think is interesting. And what what at the end of the day, I think that's one of the biggest things that I take away from this, you know, um, mm-hmm. because this is career stuff, bag of courage. Again, I was joking about how Nashville will go off the chain about being, you know, they'll, they'll just say we're number one on the chart and they'll never refer this the country music chart. This is stuff that will go down in history. People will be like country music was at its top. Right now, you know what I mean. If not, if it's not going to get bigger, so it's interesting to watch that all happen. And I think one of the things that maybe you can talk on Joe is the power of video. Here is, I think, also really showing. You know what I mean? This song wasn't a big song until that video came out. As you know, as controversial as that video is, right? Mm -hmm. But that video propelled that song, which is like kind of showing the power of video is that if you have a video that people want to watch in this case, a lot of them want to watch to hate on it or one, want to watch in defiance to watch it, you know what I mean? But still like the power of video is insane. Would you agree that the power of video is propelling this so much compared to just the song itself?
4: Yeah. I mean, I think it just kind of threw it in people's conscience, like con- consciousness uh, to some level. I yes, I agree with, with that assessment of like video itself is more powerful than because I think we're just all innately online more and looking at right. more visual things right now. Um, when it comes to the, when it comes to the, um, level of, uh, my bias, I hate this video. I'm just going to say it <laughs> off the bat. I mean, I, 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 I don't like I it think either, it's a, right? I think it's a lame video, uh, just objectively. I don't think it's like a very like great music video. Um, I also just, I, I personally have a lot of problems with Aldine uh, just because of a lot of his political of the subject matter. I, I just... Yeah. I, well, just historically, his political takes and... Oh, uh, absolutely. ...stances are just garbage. Um, so it's really hard for me to sit there and, like, listen to his half-assed PR statement come out and be like, well, guys, I didn't actually say the thing, you know? Like, I didn't actually do it. I just, like, kind of led you guys there, you know? It's, but I didn't actually say anything. Um, but when it comes to, like, the power of video, yes, I think that's the case... I think country country fans, yes, they buy shit, but they only buy shit that that is rooted in their political way. Um, and I think that in a lot of cases... He's catering and, and to his I think, fan base. I think very soon, I think in the next 10 years, the, it's going to drop because I think a lot of country fans are going to, for lack of a better analogy, age out of... of uh, a lot of these artists. I think a lot of these artists have older fan bases that are may not be around uh, in the I next think 10, 20 years. And I think that I think trends are gonna shift for sure. I
3: think I, I hope that. You know what I mean? I think there's a lot of people that support this controversial thing just because you know, it, it feels like well, it it's, their it values fuels their values more than music, political view. Right?
4: It, it fuels their political view. A lot of people are buying it who don't even like Jason Aldean, but they, oh, they believe in the statement of right. it. Right, we saw the same which, thing with Morgan Wallen. Yeah, exactly, because, oh, he's a hot-button topic, so let me support this brave soul who's fighting the good fight, yeah. you know, like in their view. But I, I don't actually think that it's like, a ton of music fans.
3: Well, and, and <laughs> you know my mean? thing is, is that Jason is catering to his audience, right? And, uh, you know, think of that the way he is, but, or the way it is, but he is right. That's, that's what he's doing. And, um, I think that that's why I use the fire metaphors because he's fueling the fires that the more kind of eyes he gets on this good or bad, he's getting a win-win because he's getting people talking about it. You know what I mean? And Jason's brand is based on these kind of controversial takes, right? He's based on being a good old boy, right? And so I think for him, the reason that it succeeds for him financially is because it works because it goes into his demo, right? You know, in the same way, which is why it's for me very sad to see because as someone who moved to Nashville and was not a country guy at all, there's some country I like, and there's some country people that I've met that are very good and, you know, opened and, you know, very, uh, very, very uh with, let's say I would describe as a new wave of country that I could get behind, right? And I, I feel like when stuff like this is, happens, it's just a you know, all these people all the time will go country music's changing. We're changing it from the inside. All these organizations will be like, we're changing it from the inside, doing all this. And then this happens. And I just feel like this is the biggest middle finger to what some of these people that I know are trying to get away from. Right. Well, and so I think there are legitimately people in country music that are trying to represent people that Jason Aldean doesn't represent. And, I think it's, you know, a middle finger to them. And then I also think there's a good majority of it that are just enabling this. You know what I mean? That are enabling this to be the only way that country music can exist.
4: Yeah. I mean, country music and, and enabling is kind of goes hand in hand. <laughs>
3: Right. And I think you have enabling in every genre of different things. I mean, but like, this is country music's bane. You know what I mean? This is it right here. This, if you wanted, I think if you wanted a great example to show the problems with country music, this is it. Like, mm-hmm. I think if you wanted a, like, if I was teaching a class about how country music is trying to evolve. And be more inclusive and stuff like that. This would be one of my examples of we got a long way to go. Right. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I don't mean to put it so bluntly. I usually don't do it on the show, but that's, you know, kind of how I feel about it. I mean, at the end of the day, you can feel however you want to. And so far, Jason, there's nothing getting around it. It's benefiting financially from this a lot. Um, Yeah. I'm Which sure also, that- I
4: think, we could even get into another discussion. Probably not now, but another time of just like how, like, what is helping the situation, and what's just getting people more money?
3: <laughs> oh yeah, and, and that's like a great ethical question to ask because is, a lot of these people, should we if be you talking about? Like you know them? What I
4: mean? Yeah, if you don't like a lot of these people in the public eye, I mean, the biggest thing is just to ignore them, right? You know, but part of that is also like, if you're ignoring it, are you like also ignoring like the life itself horrible thing that comes with, you know, like there's some things you can't ignore and that's for sure. But oh yeah,
3: I agree. I mean, that's a hard conversation to have and it's a big one. We, we can table it right now, but this is definitely something that I think the music industry struggles with is like, what, what is putting, you know, what is putting an eye on a situation that is, you know, unacceptable in somebody's eyes and what is, you know, enabling someone to get in front of someone else. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's one that, you know, not only the music industry, but celebrity itself has always struggled with. So I, I guess it's up to you. I think in the purposes of our show, I wanted to talk about it because it's a prime example of it. And we try to talk about stuff that's, you know, music business oriented and prime examples and sadly will happen again. But is it worth you, you know, posting on your Facebook page, being like, "I'm really outraged at this music <laughs> video," and then getting and other I people? I don't know to click if people
4: on, on, on Facebook would be outraged by it or, or on the opposite side.
3: I think it depends Honestly. on what kind of Facebook you're on, you know. Um, but True. yeah, it's just uh, it, it's we're, we're definitely we're both still the vapor wave. We, Facebook. I think what's apparent in this situation at the end of the day is we know what the cause and effect is, right? We know why people find this controversial. We know why people are talking about it. And the effect is Jason Aldean is having a renaissance of his career, right? That That's what's happening at the end of the day. And, you know, as much as this is a controversial thing, like it has sides to it, right? And you can be on whatever side you want. That's the thing we can't argue with, right? That's the thing no one can argue with. We know why it's controversial and we know what happens. The question now is is this the regular from now on for country music and for music itself? Will this continue on for the rest of our lives and the rest of your children's lives and stuff? My answer would hopefully be no, but we'll have to see from there. So I I you know, I would take this cause this causality with you if I was listening, you know. Anyway, Joe, what have you been listening to?
4: Man, I have been listening to a lot of stuff. Actually, um, I got into a friend of mine actually recommended the Weepies, um, which I I've really never, thought like, you were going to
3: say Weezer, and I was going to laugh. My so <laughs> <hard. Your> friend <laughs> no, recommended this band called Weezer. Not Weezer,
4: <laughs> not Weezer uh, this week, but yeah, it's um, it's a band called the Weepies. Uh, they're, I guess they're kind of like big in like the early two thousands. Vibe, like kind of Y two K vibe with into the nineties. You're not, d- so you're, you're uh,
3: taking away that you're not actually talking about Weezer. Keep going. <laughs> no.
4: Um but been listening to them a little bit, especially the song "Not Your Year." I um, think it's an amazing, amazing track. Uh, also, listen to Spill Tab uh, with uh, track anybody else. Um, it's a really, really good, good song. Um, and then I've been listening to. Uh, a lot of methyl ethyl again um, my favorite song by them Real Tight which is really it's a really it's a tight song so check it out um, Colin what have you been listening to
3: oh let's see I've been listening to uh, speaking of country music Jason Aldean no I'm joking um, but like I did listen to the song for that um, and then we had I was listening to because we love karaoke in this town I have to prepare my country karaoke because, you know, I got to have a couple, right? And so my, one mm-hmm. of my favorites is Sold by John Michael Montgomery, which is, Hey, little lady, won't you give me a sign? You know, most <laughs> fucking Nash people have heard that. Um, but I, I think it's like, it's a, it's a really funny song. It's a very Southern song. Like, it just cannot exist anywhere else because it's literally called, like the first lines are about the Grundy County auction. Literally the name of the song, which I think is so wild, is Sold, parenthesis, the Grundy County Auction Incident, end parenthesis. <laughs> um, but it's just a little wild, like, 90s country song that I just think is, like, so goofy. I actually was talking about this the other, today, actually, with some coworkers. I said, I think the reason that, like, country music is so sometimes fun for me is the same reason that, like, metal music is fun for me sometimes, because it feels like putting on a character, You know what I mean? I'm not a cowboy, but it is really funny to go, hey, little lady, won't you give me a sign? You know what I mean? It's just like, it feels like I'm in theater. You know what I mean? In the same way that like if I'm doing a Megadeth and it's like, just like the Pied Piper. You're like, what are you talking about? And it's like, no, it's my character. It's my character. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm getting into the role. Um, That's kind of the songs I've been on lately. It's just that kind of stuff because it's just like, I know there are some human beings out there that feel like this is me and that's great. But for me, it feels like a hyperbole character half the time to be Mm. like, you know, over here trying to get a girl at an auction. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, But anyway, it it is what it is. It's it's just really fun kind of music to play. That's just like very, like I would say circular. I really like the guitar part in that song too. It's just like very spaghetti Western style too. (laughs) So I'll leave you with that. Um, some country music I can actually give my stamp of approval on.
4: <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, we're at the end of our rope.
3: I want here you to in the know, Wild West. for some, I for some fucking reason, I'm such a fidgeter. I literally am <laughs> sitting here with a pen, and for some reason. I write as I said, a, a music that I can give like my you know, mark on I can approve of. I wrote an A on my thigh with a pen. <laughs> and go now go. I just have to live with that. I already took a shower today. Wait. I can't get this off. Wait, Colin. I think you got to get it tattooed. I wrote A plus. It's not even right side <laughs> up. It's even. It's like, I, I even like better. My 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 brain was like, we us just put A right here, and then I just. God damn it! I did it again. All right, no, you.
4: <laughs> all right, we got we got to end the podcast before Colin writes the alphabet. Those I slacks. threw the
3: pen away. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that's the. That's. <laughs> I like how it wasn't
3: just like put the cap on. Guys, thanks for listening to The Biz Tape pretty much everywhere, by the way, on social media at The Biz Tape, Instagram, Facebook, X, I guess. Anyway, if you want to follow us there, feel free to follow us there for more business content everywhere you consume social media. And as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.